You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. I'm Tony Wiggins, and he is my main man, James Rapine. What's going on, brother? What's up, Wig? Man, we, uh, we've made it through the 2020 NFL season. Just one game left and plenty, plenty of drama in NFL circles here as we head into the one week we have without football before Super Bowl 55. Yep, and today's show is sponsored by our friends at Built Bar, correct? Built Bar is a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. Make sure you check them out at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off your next order. It's my favorite protein bar on the planet, and it was before they were sponsoring our show, Tony. They're, yeah. uh, they taste great. They're going to help you get that post-quarantine bod and get you back in shape for 2021. Yeah, I've been, I've been absolutely crushing them, man. And every time I change <laughs> flavors, I fall in love with a new one. So uh, I, I think I'm just greedy. You know what I'm saying? That, that may be it. That may be it, you know? Um, okay, for t- today's show, it's obviously the news cycle. We're it's just being dominated by a few things, so we'll go over it real quick. First segment, we're talking to Aaron Rodgers. We're talking to Aaron Rodgers and all of the chat uh, uh, that he was on the, the Pat McAfee show and clarify some things. We'll go over that. Um, we'll also, in the second segment, make sure that we pay a close attention to who won and lost these coaching hires and the GM hires? And I can tell you right now, the team that lost is a team that haven't hired a coach yet. So we'll go over those things together. And then the third segment, which is our draft segment, we're going to focus on Devontae Smith and some news and notes from the senior bowl. So James, don't wait on me, man. Let's just go ahead and roll with it. What's going on with Aaron Rodgers, man? Well, Aaron Rodgers, he, he's, <laughs> Is very passive aggressive. That's the first thing with Aaron. He Rodgers. is. Like, That's a like, very good. You know what? I was trying to figure out. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but this is what I was trying. That's a very, very astute description, and I, I haven't been able to put my finger on it. And you just did it. And, and and the thing with him is, look, he's great. I'm not debating that. And this isn't going to be five minutes of me just bashing Aaron Rodgers because he's the MVP. We crowned him a couple of weeks ago when we did our awards, but. My man is passive aggressive and he had just as big of a hand in, in, in rolling that loss on Sunday to Tampa Bay as anyone, as Matt LaFleur, as the, the Packers front office, as anybody. So he knew exactly what he was doing post game when he left the door open with his future. And so on Tuesday, he goes on the, the, the Pat McAfee show and, and Aaron said, quote, I don't feel like I said anything that I hadn't said before. It was just more of a realization I think ultimately my future is not necessarily in my control. I don't think there's any reason I wouldn't be back. I get that. But you know what Aaron was doing? And it it makes so much sense. Mike Florio reported it late Monday night. He wants a new contract. Mm -hmm. He he sees Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. And he says, all right, do I want to end up like Tom where I have to go elsewhere? Or do I need to figure out my future now? And it's smart because he's going to get an answer this offseason because if he wants a new contract from Green Bay, they're either going to give it to him and for the next four to five years, he's going to be making 35, probably $40 million because he's already making 34. So he's going to want to raise uh, yearly on average. So let's say $40 million. If they commit that money to him, then, hey, he knows he's going to be playing a Lambo. If not, 
then he and the Patriots didn't with Brady, right? It was kind of a struggle even after right. Jimmy G. They wouldn't commit to him long term. So, so this is Rogers passive aggressively asking for a new deal, voicing his displeasure, but then saying a couple of days later, "Oh, what do you mean? I, of course I'm going to be back." And and I think it's uh, it's quite quite interesting that the the MVP is uh, it, it was smart and it was very thought out the way he did it, but it was uh, passive aggressive for sure. It was. You know what? He's that cool guy. You're cool with him. But every now and then when you actually need more substance out of him, he just kind of has that little smug look on his face. So I don't think he's I don't think he's a bad leader. I just don't think he's a great leader. How about that? Sure. There's a way you can, you know, it's not salt and pepper here. You know, you can kind of be seasoning. So you can kind of be in between. I don't think he's a horrible leader. I just don't think he's a great leader because I like the way he played the other day. I just think we're, we're so used to him having to be perfect about everything. I, li- I really do like the way he played. But the thing that bothered me about them is the thing that has bothered me about them all year. They have no sand in their pocket. They have no hind parts. And what I mean by that is you get the ball first and goal. You got to run it. I put Dylan in the game and just run it, run it, run it twice. And then leave the last two downs up to him. But it's, it's just for me, I, I don't place much blame on him, on him at all. He wasn't perfect the other day, but you're awfully right about it. You're right about it. Do I think he's worth the money? You damn skippy, I do. I think he's worth every single penny that he asked for. The thing is, is though, at that time, right after the game, when everybody's hurting, the emotions are out there, you just don't want to hear the face of your franchise say that. You want them to be probably more consoling of, the young guys that that haven't made it or the guys that it, it, he would have won the room if he would have said, let's think about Mercedes Lewis, man. Guy's been in the league forever, and I wanted him so bad to get to the championship. If Aaron Rodgers says that, everything else takes care of itself. Yep. But he's sitting there talking about his future, and to me it just came out of nowhere because I, I didn't even take a wild guess that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be a Packer next year. No, I, and I don't think anyone was there at that point but that's the thing with him that's the difference between him and Brady that's the difference between him and Manning it, it isn't physical ability no that's the difference between him and Mahomes is we and we haven't seen that yet from Mahomes. maybe he does but I haven't heard it yet I haven't seen any signs of it Aaron Rodgers can can do things and say things that you're right he's a good leader not a great leader and in the, the difference is in those spots losing Right. It's not like Brady hasn't lost. He lost at 18 and 0, but he didn't throw his coach or Randy Moss or someone under the bus. He didn't do that. He ran off the field without shaking hands. Now he'll do that in a heartbeat. You know, well, sure. But, <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? For, for yeah. his team, right. His team always respects him and his former teammates and all those things. And so I, I think with Rodgers, he was, he's already thinking, Hey, am I going to get this deal or am I not? And while I, I do expect, Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in 2021. When you look at his contract, if they don't give him a deal, a new deal, a big money deal, there's a very real possibility that after 2021, he could be moved. He could be traded. They could move on. And it isn't just Jordan Love. It's just in general, if if they don't extend him and pay him big money, then he's going to be unhappy. And if he's unhappy, we're seeing it with Deshaun Watson. You know, if the, the star quarterback ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. No. And that's uh, that, that could be the case in Green Bay. Maybe not this year, but a year from now. I did hear a couple of former teammates of him say some weird stuff. 
First of all, Brett Favre says the Jaguars shouldn't take Trevor Lawrence. If it was him, he'd take Devontae Smith. We're talking about Devontae <laughs> Smith. So, so we, we're just going to make a make a, a notation that we're going to always check and see if Brett's been drinking before they stick a microphone in his face because that was the weirdest thing uh, uh, anybody could say. The second thing, I saw Greg Jennings the other day on a podcast. Greg Jennings was asked because he played with both Favre and uh, Rodgers. Who would he want? as a teammate and he made a very good distinction he said as a player he would want far because far would even far just throw the ball up and give you a chance and make you attack the ball right Mm -hmm. he said but if i was a coach i would want rogers he says because rogers actually made them as receivers lazy he made them lazy because they never had to attack the ball the ball hit him right in the stomach every time he was so (laughs) accurate and he was so good that if you got open, he was going to throw it. Favre would throw it if you weren't open and give you a chance to go up and just make a play. So he made a very good distinction. He says, as a player, I'd take Brett, but if I were a coach, I would want Rodgers. Interesting. It is, and, and I, I could totally see that scenario. I mean, Brett Favre, the, the last real moment of his was back in – was it the 2009 or 2000? Yeah, 2009, 2010 NFC Championship. It was 09 when, when the Saints go on to win the Super Bowl. And my man could have ran, speaking of running, mm-hmm. could have ran for the first down. And I know Brett what, isn't Aaron Rodgers athletically, but he could have ran at 40 years old for the four yards or whatever. Instead, throws it across his body, intercepted. And, uh, and instead of kicking the game-winning field goal, they end up losing. And that, that's kind of the, the last moment you remember of Brett Favre which is, is sad. And I, I do wonder that that was in a Vikings uniform. It does feel like that Aaron Rodgers, much like Brady, much like Montana Favre, that he may end up uh, elsewhere uh, to end his career up next. Speaking of Brady, he's got to try to take down the Kansas city chiefs. We'll dive into super bowl 55. What this game reminds me of, because it reminds me of a super bowl that took place uh, a couple decades ago. So we'll, we'll dive into that. Plus who won and who lost during this hiring cycle. We'll dive into that as well right here on Locked On NFL. You are one of a kind, and so are your taxes. That's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you'd like to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perfect your gumbo. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live Tax experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that your one-of-a-kind uniquely you taxes are done right. Into it, TurboTax Live are done right into it turbo tax live i need to get in shape i need to get in shape man i'm telling you i ate too much over the holidays and i can't use the holiday excuse anymore because well we're, we're kind of removed from those holidays now man so what's the excuse none none whatsoever and echelon is gonna be how i'm gonna do it that's right when it comes to getting in state getting in shape or staying in shape nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment or hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. You know, you got to do more than just talk about hitting those goals. You got to get up and get it done, and Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. 
the world-class instructors that they have will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio level sessions always available when you need them. Go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash locked on. And right now you can try an Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable and everyone can get a membership. And one membership lets you have up to five family members all work out at the same time. So go to echelonfit.com slash locked on and try Echelon today. All right, welcome back on a Wednesday to Locked On NFL. I have to remind you, get more of the sports you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. James, we're going to talk about Super Bowl, man. And when you put this to me, I was trying to figure out, okay, where is he going with this? Because I was trying to figure out exactly what game this reminds you. So you've already told me it's it's a couple of decades ago, so it's not the game I'm thinking. What game are you thinking? Let's start there. What game are you thinking? Two great quarterbacks, one a little bit older than the other. I thought you were going to say this game reminded you of the Colts and the Saints that same year, oh. the Terry Porter year. The reason why is because one offense is 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 lights out and the other one, they kind of aren't lights out, you know, but they kind of mix and match a little bit. But because of two great quarterbacks, and I know Manning and Breeze were closer in age, but that's the game. The one that was played, uh, I believe that game was played in Miami. or Was it played in Miami or Tampa? It was one of the two. Uh, but uh, Tra- Tra- Tracy Porter obviously ended it by returning a touchdown. So – uh, of Peyton Manning, interception of Peyton Manning. So that's the game that I thought you were thinking about. The game I'm thinking about is Super Bowl 36. Tom Brady's first Super Bowl win. Ah. And I get it. They have a little more firepower. But Brady is is closer to what he was then than what he was in, say, 2013. And I still throw in the ball well. He's my favorite player ever. Like, I, I'm not ripping him. It's just the reality of things. But it's it's more the the comparison of the Chiefs to the greatest show on turf. It is. You're right. You're exactly. As soon as you said it, I was like, "Yep." Don't they feel unbeatable? I mean, they just beat the hell out of a great Buffalo team, an offense in Buffalo that I thought would at least you know score regularly, and they went on a 38 to six run. I don't know anybody that can stop Travis Kelsey. I don't know anyone. Uh, right now that's stopping Tyreek Hill and obviously Patrick Mahomes as great as Aaron Rodgers is and he's going to win the Super Bowl as great as Tom Brady's been Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL so I, I just when, when I think of it that way it's it's almost the blueprint and I do look at Tampa Bay and I'm like okay well they have more explosive weapons on the outside than that New England Patriots team did but they don't have the coaching I don't think this coaching staff is as good as Bill Belichick, even though Todd Bowles is coaching his ass off right now specifically. I mean, he's killing it for the Bucs. Um, they could win in the trenches, and that might be the key to this game, but I, I, I didn't see a path to the Patriots winning that one. I, I remember it just being shocked, and I was young then, but shocked that the, the Rams didn't win, and, and I'll be shocked if the Buccaneers win this game. I, I really will because of how great – the chiefs are right now. And it feels like they're, they're firing on all cylinders. I mean, look, they, they lost Pat, Patrick Mahomes for a quarter and a half against the Browns handled business with Chad Henney, you know, how yeah. that is to do. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then Mahomes was less than 100% and they crushed the bills. 
I mean, they're just uh, they're they're firing on all cylinders. Here's I'm going to give Tampa a chance, and it, it, it's a puncher's chance. But the chance is is that Brady is. I, I tell you what, if he does what he did the other day, he threw three interceptions in the second half in three straight possessions. If he does that against the Chiefs, they're going to get blown out. Mm-hmm. But I'll give him a chance because he's Tom Brady. I also give him a chance because that defense is playing well and they are a very stout team. The problem is they've had a, a an issue stopping tight ends all year. And that middle seam of their defense, they need those hitters back. And what I mean by the hitters, I mean Winfield and the other safety that went out, they're going to need them to play. Mm-hmm. Because much like the game that you just described, what the Patriots did to the greatest show on turf, they made them pay for real estate. They hit them. You remember that? It's like yep. you're not you're not running them little those little crossing patterns and all of those little routes. No, Tory Holt, you come up in here, we're gonna punish you, and that's what they did. They punished them and made them pay an ultimate price for real estate. And I they took say, away Marshall Falk. And they, they did. And I'll tell you this: Fisher, the offensive tackle being out, that yeah. I think that's big because JPP is playing like a monster right now. Him and Barrett, yeah, and Vita Vea's back and whole obviously be healthier now you you would assume in Super Bowl 55 than he was in the NFC title game have more win under him obviously Sue can be a game wrecker so I, I get it I mean there is a path of course but outside of Tom Brady playing like he did in the first half specifically and I, and I actually did think he was better in the NFC title game than he was in the divisional round even though he threw three picks I think he was much better um, against uh, the Packers than he was the Saints if he plays like he did in the first half for all four quarters, then I can see the path. But he's going to have to do that. I think Tampa's going to have to drop 40, and that's if they get to Mahomes and if they make the Chiefs uncomfortable. Because if not, you, you know, I mean, look, if, if you're up three on the Chiefs with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, everyone expects Kansas City to win. It's just – I would – I'm yeah, going it's, to. It's it, like it's the Warriors. We, we they're that about good. It. Yeah, yeah they, they're going to come down and hit three, three straight three point shots, and you're going to be down by six, right? They're, they are. They're an NBA team where they mm-hmm. just kind of go through the motions, and then it's like, all right, here we go. Let's roll. You know, it, it's LeBron and the Lakers, or LeBron, really not even LeBron and the Lakers. You know, it's like it's LeBron and the Heat with Wade in their first championship season when they just they're like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll play hard now, mm-hmm. and then the next year they won 27 straight. The difference is, is this uh, this Chiefs team, they've lost one game this year and they've kind of slept walk through the entire regular season and they only lost once. Not many NBA teams uh, come close to, you know, losing eight games or nine games, right? Which would, I guess, be the NFL equivalent to, to losing once or the NBA equivalent to losing once in the NFL. Right. I will say this, though. You can, on any given day, on any given Sunday, teams can make mistakes. We saw the sure. other day with Miko Hardman. And Tom Brady is Josh Allen ain't Tom Brady, right? And yep. um, they couldn't run the ball. I tell you what, the Bucs are going to try with Leonard Fournette. They're going to try to run the ball with Leonard Fournette. They have to. If they're patient, if they make the Chiefs, if they force the Chiefs to be patient, and if they don't get killed with misdirection, because you notice early in the game the other day, the Chiefs were forced to be patient. They, they, you know, they were getting, they were giving them all the underneath stuff. This is okay. If you're going to beat us, you're not going to beat us with big plays. You're going to beat us dinking and dunking. And that's going to take time off the clock. But what happened? They switched it up because they started running misdirection. And when they started running misdirection on those reverses, 
and they started getting that stuff going and they got a couple of screens in there, wide receiver screens. Now the defense of the bills kind of, they were on skates. And now you go back to the other stuff. You hit Travis Kelsey. Then you catch the other guy, uh, Hill, you catch him deep. And then all of a sudden now we're back to our normal game plan. So, it's almost as if the Bills were they fell victim to the old Mike Tyson thing. Everybody has a plan to get, until you get punched in the mouth. And <laughs> once they got punched in the mouth and momentum was gone, they couldn't get it back and they're just not good enough. You're not going to beat them kicking field goals either. So uh, it's going to be real interesting, man, to see um, what happens in this game. And, and if it's not even about the players, it's about the chess match. Can I break your will and make you play my way as opposed to you? making me play yours. And I think that's, that's the key. That's a good way to put it, right? Because I, I do think that there are two different ways. And uh, even though the Chiefs have the coaching advantage and the quarterback advantage, and obviously they're just the talent advantage, there is a path, even though it, uh, it, it might be tough. And look, I, I picked the Packers and Tom Brady and the Bucks found a way. So who, who's to say they can't do it one more time? All right. You said everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Texans fans have been getting punched in the mouth, it seems like, for the past year plus, ever since the Chiefs took them down in the playoffs last year. And uh, when you talk about winners and losers, Wig, it's got to be, from, from the, the hiring cycle, the Texans have to be at the top of that loser list. Have to be at the top of the loser list because they signed, the uh, um, first of all, with the GM. I, I don't know how good this guy is or how he, he comes from the Patriots. That's fine, but half the fans don't like it. Doesn't seem like it's enough to change Watson's mind. And now I hear there's some coaches that they refuse to even interview for the job. So, and whoever gets it, they're not going to, they're probably not going to have a happy Deshaun Watson if they have a Deshaun Watson at all. They don't have any draft picks in the first couple of rounds. That's a disaster right now. That's an absolute disaster. So they're the losers. I think the big winners of the team that I cover in Jacksonville, Jacksonville won the coaching hiring with Urban Meyer. I do believe especially when you look at it, all things aren't equal. Jacksonville needed Urban. He's perfect for them. He's perfect for what they need and the direction they need to go to. So I'll say Urban Meyer and Jacksonville, they get the trophy for me for winner. And the loser is the Texans. You're 100% right. The Jacksonville Jaguars knocked it out of the park. From only winning one game to finding a way to, to get Urban Meyer in there. And it's not just Urban. He's bringing in experienced dudes. Yes. Experienced coaches that ha have been there, done that, in that. You want to talk about commanding a room? I wasn't worried about that with Urban. But having NFL experience, having guys that can be like, hey, or this isn't college. You know, j just little things like that. Uh, I, I think that matters. And then, obviously, they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, I expect him to have success. As far as the Texans, Leslie Fla Frazier, a guy that I didn't cover in Cincinnati, but I'm familiar with from his days as a defensive coordinator with the Bengals, uh, because it's, it's been a while now. I like him. I do. I like him. But is that, is that guy one going to keep Deshaun Watson around? And if not, is he the guy that can lead a rebuild? I mean, that it is tough to lead a rebuild, to lead a franchise that is going to have playoff expectations, even without Watson. That's kind of the bar. And, and if you crumble and you win, you know, you know, four games this year, then three in 2021 and two in 2022, now suddenly you're just awful and, and, and that's it. And you'd never want to get to that point. 
And, and so if they do end up trading Watson, they better get their, their quarterback of the future somehow, somehow, some way um, to jumpstart this rebuild. Because if you're taking that Texans job and you can't convince Watson to stay, you're going to be a Zach Taylor, the guy I cover, who's, who's got six wins in two seasons right. and, and on life support here heading into year three. I mean, that's just the reality of life in the NFL. And if, if, if I'm a, a head coach, you know, if I'm Joe Brady, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I think I wait. Unless I can talk to Watson and Watson's like, all right, let's roll. I got my guy in Eric Bieniemy, or I got my guy in Joe Brady. It, then why would you take that job? And if you're Leslie Frazier, yeah, there's one of 32 but that might set you up for failure. So it, it is going to be interesting to see who they get this late in the process. Because by the way, if they don't hire someone that isn't on the, you know, the chiefs are box, then it's like, well, what the hell what are you waiting you so for? Long? Right. Yeah. Right. What exactly are you waiting on? That's a very, very good point. Bowles would probably be the best selection uh, because he's been a head coach before. Uh, I, I think he, he, he has if, experience. I think he'd be a perfect selection for them. If I'm him though, hell no. No, I was in New York. I got forced out. I didn't get a real shot. Right. I'll wait another year. We we got some heavy hitters, like you said, in Tampa. I can wait another year and and, and be pickier about my destination and end up in a better situation. I tell you what, who almost who almost beat Houston, and, and and you'd have to go real deep in order to almost make a worse decision. Is Detroit, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I don't mind this dude Campbell. But you go up there talking about eating people's kneecaps off, man. I ain't gonna... <laughs> we don't bite a kneecap off, bro. I'm just saying. You knock like, us down. We're gonna do it again. We're oh gonna, my god! I'm thinking like, what is, what is this dude talking about? He already people are already pissed that he was the tight ends coach and he got a job, and he got a six year contract. And the first thing you do up go up there in a press conference and you talking about eating people. What are you why doing? The, why the hell did they give him six years? I have no clue. They could have given him five. They could have given him four. Yeah. Yeah. You're Dan Campbell. If you don't take this four-year deal, we'll get someone else. And I would have gotten someone else. Yeah, but then you you go into the press conference and you sound like Hannibal Lecter. It just it just it just absolutely you, made sense. You know no who sense. I think is gonna end up there? No. I think Justin Fields is gonna end up in Detroit. Oh which isn't good. I know that's a, a quick transition to a, the draft, but I, I look at seven and I'm like, man, Fields could fall to seven. They have the seventh pick, they're trading Matt Stafford. I could totally see them taking a guy like Justin Fields there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, you know, I saw Jer- uh, Jeremiah's list today. They got Fields ranked as the fourth guy. That's a that's a big fall from that big game he had against Clemson, man. But there are people. But this is what they do in the scouting world, man. They, you know, they tell the truth and they, and they, they don't tell you what you think you need to know. Uh, they tell you the truth where it is. And you know what? We got an NFL scout on our side. I'm going to tell you about that, and I'm going to tell you about the draft. We're going to give you some tidbits in just a second, but we're going to talk to Devontae Smith, and I'm sure we're going to disagree on this one. Not, not as much as you think, but probably enough to have a good debate about it. And we'll do that in just a second here on a Wednesday on Locked On NFL. I got to tell you about Built Bar, man. I keep telling y'all about Built Bar, and if you don't listen to me, don't. But if you want to eat guilt-free and feel good about uh, what you consume in terms of something that satisfies your your palate and it's 100% chocolate and they have 18 other great flavors. Listen to this. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. You don't know protein bars out there that you buy in the store don't have that and they don't taste like these. 
I'm telling you, 18 great flavors, packed with protein, low calorie, low carb, low sugar, all of that stuff. And it even has high fiber because I need that now. I'm getting a little bit older. You go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off your next order. I'm going to say it again. BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. They are the best tasting protein bar you have ever had in your life. And if I'm lying, I'm flying, but I'm not lying. So you get on those built bars right now and enjoy. All right, man. Draft time. It's time to talk draft with Rapinian Wiggins. Uh, I got to tell you about Peacock and Williamson. This is the this is the former scout right here. NFL scout Matt Williamson and NFL analyst Brian Peacock host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with Peacock and Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. I, I wish I could ask Matt about this subject we're about to talk about, but it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Devontae Smith, like him or love him? Oh, see, it, it depends because I love them, but it's all about the where. I don't love them ahead of Jamar Chase. <laughs> I, I don't love them ahead of uh, a guy like Chase who dominated the SEC at 19. But do I love him as the the number two worst case, number three wide receiver in this draft class? A guy that's going to make an instant impact and maybe has a better rookie year than Waddle, his, his, his Alabama Crimson Tide teammate, or even a Jamar Chase who's taking a year off. Yeah, I love that. So I, I really, really like him, even though he's not my top wide receiver in this class. Not mine either. When I watch him play, it reminds me of Keenan McCardell. Everyone always says Marvin Harrison. He doesn't play like Marvin Harrison at all to me. Uh, he's smooth. He runs those Henry Ellett routes. And I know I'm dating myself here because there's some people listening going, who the hell is Henry Ellett? But He's just a guy that he doesn't change speeds, um, and that's a good thing. He has uh, very late eyes when when it, when it comes to – he runs his route and then he turns around. He doesn't give a defensive back tails on what he's about to do. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is the guys I just mentioned, Henry Ellard and, and Ken McCarter, were like 195 pounds. This dude is 175, and maybe. He didn't even weigh in at the Senior Bowl yesterday, so we don't know – what it is he weighs, but that's a smart decision too, in my opinion. I wouldn't weigh it in because that you're just gonna give people too much to think about before your workout. I'll weigh in the day of my workout, and as soon as you see my weight, you'll get mad, and then you see me running around and you'll get happy again. So mm-hmm. the thing with him is I think we forget exactly how good Jamar Chase was when people are saying that he's a top when they're saying that Devontae Smith is a top two or three pick. But it's about a prospect. And I always tell people when you look up the word prospect, it has something in it that says something about what is most likely to happen. Mm -hmm. So what's most likely to happen is, is something that you're familiar with. He needs to put on weight and he can't do it. And that his body will get worn down in the NFL. That's what's most likely to happen. So that's why I think as a prospect, it hurts him. It does. And it wouldn't be shocking to me if he falls to the third wide receiver in this draft class. If, if Jalen Waddle goes ahead of him, if Jamar Chase, who I expect to go ahead of him, uh, a lot of Bengals fans want uh, Jamar Chase at five. And I'm like, hey, he's probably not going to be there. <laughs> this, this dude might go as early as two, probably three. Um, and, and, and so we'll see. 
but Devonta Smith is is a guy. I, again, I really like him. I don't want to uh, overthink this too much. You're not that productive in the SEC at Alabama as the number one wide receiver with no Jalen Waddle when the whole freaking stadium knows that you're going to try to look for Devonta Smith, and then he does it right. So Devonta Smith is is a stud, and I think he could make an instant impact on some of these teams. Right, like to me if he could end up with a young quarterback that's ready to hit the road, like that's why I'll mention the Bengals last time I will in this pod. I think at five Devonte Smith should be on their board. It should be on their board and they should consider him if chase isn't there. I think pairing him up with any number of, of players, I think three's a little rich because Tua tongue of Iloa could probably be thrown to chase instead. Um, but, but any of these guys really, uh, you, you know, uh, the Carolina, do they, do they opt to, to take a playmaker with uh, potential changing of the guard there? Or do they go with a, a, a quarterback? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I could see Carolina trading for Matt Stafford. And if you trade for Matt Stafford, well, then I love the idea of Matt Stafford throwing to Devontae Smith for the next three to four years, right? He's, he's ready to go. That's how I view him. So even though he weighs a buck 75, look, I interviewed Deshaun Jackson. I know it's different because he's a speedster. I interviewed Deshaun Jackson a couple of years ago. That's and a very I good point. I would bet money that I weighed more than him at the time of that interview. And I'm not a big dude. I weigh five, nine and I, or I'm five, nine. And uh, I, I certainly am uh, maybe a buck 75 buck 80, but he was just really lean, but maybe he's just built to play. And, and, and that's the part of it. That's interesting. The other part of this draft that's interesting for me is the, the fact that you, you know, combine now you're, you're rolling with tape drafting chase. I wonder how comfortable teams are going to be drafting him over a guy like Smith when there is only one full year of tape, when he hasn't played football in a year. And the same goes for Penny Sewell and a lot of these guys are Sean Slater and a lot of dudes that there's just not a ton of tape. You're not going to be able to talk to them nearly as much. Um, no combine. It's just that part is certainly going to be interesting and uh, in how it impacts the draft. And that's the one edge I think Smith has. Hey, I got all that tape out there. I dominated four months ago. You know, at the time of the draft, I was dominating the national championship. Pick me, uh, I'm much more of a guarantee. So I, I still think he probably goes top 10. So here's the thing about when you compare him and Chase. He dominated after Waddle left. And he dominated as the one, the 1A one and the 1B receiver on that team. Mm -hmm. Chase dominated with his weapons still there. With them. And he was able to dominate and be dominant. And so depending on how you look at it, you can say, well, for him to dominate when he didn't have those other weapons around him, teams could have keyed on him. So that gets back to me is just because he's skinny doesn't mean he's not strong mm -hmm. because I, I, I don't recall seeing people knock him off his line. And what I mean by that is re redirect him or reroute him when he comes off the line of scrimmage, not even Stingley, who's going to be a top three pick, maybe top two pick next year, Stingley for LSU. He wasn't able to stop him. So, uh, a little bit of that is alleviated by the fact that he wasn't able to get knocked off his line. Nobody was able to do it. Nobody was able to punish him enough in the SEC to make him pay for real estate. And then the other thing is, I saw him in high school. He was a great basketball player, like Russell Westbrook, John Morant type. And, and he was a very tough. He was catching alley-oops and dunking and running all day. I just think the kid just doesn't get tired, and he's probably stronger in a wiry way than, uh, than we know. Like a Deshaun Jackson, you know, because because like I might have weighed more than him, 
Deshaun Jackson would have kicked my ass. Right? Like it wouldn't have been close, right? If I, you know, and, and so that's the difference is the, the natural strength, right? The guys that, yeah, they might not look big coming off the bus, but in AJ Green's that he's all wiry, right? He was, and Randy Moss used to be. He was man, early, early in his career. Randy Moss is the same way. Green was stronger than Muhammad Sanu and Marvin Jones and all these dudes that had big muscles on the Bengals wide receiver court. Um, so he, he's just, some of the guys are, are like that. So, and, and maybe you, I know Alabama is a basically a professional program anyway, but maybe you get him in an NFL weightlifting type and you can get up to 185. Cause if he's at 185, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. Ridley's like 186. So uh, I, I'd be good with it too. Um, real quick before we uh, close out today's show here on locked on NFL, we, uh, what, what part of the process do you think uh, is going to hurt the personnel evaluators more? Is it not being uh, at the senior bowl and not being at the combine, or is it trying to blend in tape from guys who didn't play last year and try to figure out what the development would have been? I think not being able to be, at the combine, you sit down with these guys in person, you, you, you can ask them. And I get it. We make fun of it every year, right? There are media members that are like, Oh, they asked him this and they asked him that, but you get to meet the guy. You get to talk to the guy. Now, now the tape matters a ton, no doubt about it. But I, I think that even a year of tape, you could tell Jamar Chase can play. Now, what, what type of dude is he? What type of mentality does he bring? What happens when you press him? What happens? Does he have the, and I'm not saying he doesn't have the dog in him, but that's the part of the NFL combine that doesn't show up on tape that you can see with in-person meetings. You don't have that. I think that's a huge deal. I, I really do. And, and I think that's why Devontae Smith went to the senior bowl to, to what? Not to play. He's dealing with that thumb after he, that, that he suffered in the national championship. It's to talk to teams. It's to show, hey, oh, hey, Miami Dolphins at three, you should pick me because I am that dude, right? And I am the the Heisman Trophy winner and in, in, in that. So to make an in-person impression on teams, I think that's big. I do too. I think it's big. You know what else I think is big? I think Locked On NFL is big. That's why. Well, it is because it's got right. Tony Wiggins. Nah, man, it's got James, man. <laughs> Me, man. I'm I am big, and that's the problem. I'm probably need, I need to get smaller. That's the problem. So uh man, it's been fun, man. And it's something for us to keep taking a look at. Uh, uh around our network, we have guys at the senior bowl. I know Ross Jackson's down there. Follow all of that stuff, man. If wherever you get your podcast, locked on everybody. That's what that's what I'm gonna say. Follow anything locked on because we have guys breaking news down and breaking down these draft picks. And uh we got eyes at the senior bowl, so it's fun. James, we're going to do it again next week. Same time, same place, my brother. Can't wait, my man. All right, man. James Rapine, Tony Wiggins, Locked on NFL here on a Wednesday. Thank you very much for joining us. Continue to take care of each other, and we'll see you next time.